0: following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com You're locked into Hats, Tats & Stats Podcast with your hosts EZD Derek Jaws T-Wave Taylor Sekiterski Bold Claim Ben Yelich, Big Diesel Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm the Statman. Hats, Tats & Stats Podcast is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online www.bicbp-radio.com What's going on everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats Tats and Stats podcast. I am your host EZD and I am joined by Buffalo Freddy, the Buffalo Freddy, the man, the myth, the legend. Buffalo Smoker guy Freddy as it started now just Buffalo Freddy as a whole. Uh my man, what's going on?
1: Oh, we're doing great. Bills are on fire. First time in 15 years Bills are at home for Sunday night football that we can go. When the last time was COVID and just obviously couldn't be there. Weather looks gorgeous. Couldn't be doing better.
0: Yeah. And it's also the, uh, the first time in his career that Aaron Rodgers is a double digit dog for the game.
1: I think it may be even worse than that for him. And they just don't look good at all.
0: No, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a struggle. We'll get to all that in a minute, but Sunday night football, you mentioned it. You've been doing, uh, doing some work with the mafia house, I believe. Correct.
1: Yeah, we've been growing a tailgate there for some time. It kind of started really organically. Uh, a whole bunch of people off Twitter who had the same mindset just got together last year for one tailgate for that Patriots game, the playoff game, spent the entire off season networking, um, planning out how we want to do it moving forward, uh, sharing everything on social media, getting uh, other people involved. And now it's, uh, it's just a thing. I'm so excited for the future and everything that we've going on for the rest of the season.
0: So you guys have obviously the tailgate this coming Sunday, and I'm, I'm told I've, I've heard rumor that there's going to be some interesting guests. There's some interesting um, sponsors. We'll say potentially that you guys got going on for the tailgate. Why don't you kind of break down what you guys got going on at the mafia house this Sunday?
1: Yeah, as far as guests and whatnot, it's always it's so difficult to just name exactly who's going to be there when, because people come in and out all day. And it's it's open to the public. Everything's free. People come in and out. But um, as far as people that are there regularly, that I would anticipate being there for sure. Um, Dion's mom comes by every tailgate. She's an absolute gem. Uh, Jordan's father comes by. He just sits there and drinks margaritas and eats whatever I cook. It's incredible. Um, Mary Wilson is a regular uh, at the tailgates. She does a lot for all the charity events that go on in general with Bill's Mafia. and um, We're expecting Patty Thomas and Thurman to come by and help judge our costume contest. But I've recently been asked to join uh, Poncho's Army, which is just an incredible honor. honor. And so at every game so far this year, home and away, Poncho's Army has been doing some sort of drive. Um, first few drives were food drives where we would collect canned goods and whatnot, and they were huge successes. So we started uh, networking a little bit, trying to figure out what else we can do and do, do it bigger to where people aren't just needing to bring items to a tailgate because you know, they're heavy and people are there to party. So we we made a connection with Park Avenue Coat Company after we decided we were going to run a coat drive, you know, warm up for the winter. And they put out a price list that is at pure cost for them, for us to be able to buy new coats, gloves, hats, etc. for individuals in Western New York. And we've had major success from people donating to that as well as we'll be taking gently used items at the tailgate itself and we have bins and bins and bins full of winter apparel in general um on top of that that's that's what's happening for charity it's all going to go to rooted in love which is uh run by the individual who also runs dion's dreamers so they're doing a lot of really good work um they come by in a van. We fill it with items we collect at tailgates. Uh, we're going to be running a costume contest from 530 to 6, and that's sponsored by Deep Eddy Vodka. They donated quite a large package of uh, fun bottles of alcohol for the tailgate that I can't wait to enjoy. Uh, they've got a custom-made Bill's backpack, um, Deep Eddy Bill's backpack that they're going to fill with Uh, all their products and whatnot. That's going to be one of the prizes. And then PLB, uh, PLB Sports and Entertainment. They're the company that makes originally Flutie Flakes. Then they now make Josh's Jacks. They make JA-17 Blend, Uh, Diggs' Blue Cheese, Diggs' Hot Sauce. They, I think, just kind of saw what we were doing there as the Mafia house is directly next to the stadium parking lot. They shot a commercial there a couple of weeks ago um for their product that Diggs was there and they reached out to want to get a little bit of exposure and now they have some autographed uh at josh allen memorabilia and their products are going to be there sponsoring as a part of the costume contest for that and we, we got some more fun going on too that's just uh that's that's who just, we partner with in general
0: just the tip of the iceberg there right
1: yeah there's there's a lot i can't wait
0: yeah, that sounds like it's going to be awesome. It sounds like it to be a great time, and uh, having having eaten some of your food and some of your cooking, I'm sure that you got something something dialed up for that too.
1: the uh, The moment that it was announced that we were going to be hosting Green Bay specifically on Sunday Night Football, my mind went to cheese,
0: of course. And I saw, I, think, I, I, think, I, I think I saw the tweets about fondue, right?
1: Yeah, people mentioned fondue maybe a little late to to bust off fondue. I went to Wisconsin cheddar. Of course. But I don't think anybody could possibly imagine how difficult it is to get a wheel of Wisconsin cheddar shipped from Wisconsin to Buffalo. But I made it happen.
0: Ooh. Well, what, so, so what are you going to do with that Wisconsin cheddar?
1: I am going to pretty much hover it over a taco bar on my... Uh, pig roaster and we're going to like slowly rotisserie like melt the whole block of cheese over a little nacho bar and then towards the end of it after there's been a few more cocktails after people have ate i'm going to take my flamethrower and we're just going to melt the cheese because you know the bills are going to melt the
0: packers i like it well, it sounds like an awesome thing. And uh, so where exactly is the, I know you said it's, uh, it's, you know, right across from the, or, you know, right up against the, uh, the parking lot there for the stadium, where can people find the mafia house? If they, uh, if they listen, they want to stop by.
1: So the actual address is 60 face street in orchard park. It's the, if you're pulling into the bills parking lot off Abbott, that is going towards the field house. The mafia house is directly next to it. There's a gate that separates it. So at every game, the home and away players drive by at separate at separate times. You know, whoever's at the tailgate stands up by the gate, you know, cheers the bills, or obviously boos the away team. Of course. Uh, a lot of interaction with people in the parking lot right there. But you you really just can't miss it if you were to be walking towards the stadium from
0: Abbott. Gotcha. So, and then you said the whole thing, the free whole thing's free to the public, uh, is the costume contest free to enter? Is that for anybody that wants to stop by?
1: Yeah. The only thing that we ask is people show up at the time that that's happening because the judges and people that we have involved in the event, they have media credentials and a schedule they have to keep to. So we're asking that the judging is going to be from five thirty to six. Anybody who's at the mafia house that is wearing a costume you qualify. You just need to be there from 5:30 to six at six o'clock. We're going to announce the winners. We're going to give out a bunch of prizes. Um, DJ. We have a DJ all day. They'll stop for that. And then we have a uh, uh, Dom faded, who is one of the local entertainers who's been going from tailgate to tailgate, to tailgate doing performances at the games locally. I think a lot of your fans, probably uh, your listeners will know who he is. He's going to perform right after the costume contest, and then it's right back to uh, it's right back to the party,
0: right back to uh, the the pre gaming and the debauchery that in, is a Bills tailgate, which we all know and love here in the Western New York area. That being said, uh, what we're here to do now is to go through our Week Eight preview. Uh, Buffalo Freddy joining me here. Uh, promoting the stuff at the at the Mafia House and then going through the week 8 matchups and kind of going through what we think's going to happen where why and how and we're going to start with the Bills hosting the Packers Sunday night football uh Josh in primetime is a beast of a different kind uh he his his QB ratings and stuff on primetime is unbelievable and the Packers are oof, they're having a rough year
1: the last 3 games the Packers have shocked me it's been something that i haven't been used to in my adult life um with that said i i do it's aaron Rodgers, right it's aaron Rodgers, and it's prime time his record in prime time is incredible he shows out every time that i see him on the national spotlight so you know there is that and then i do believe that green bay's defense is tailor-made to play our offense so I don't think this is going to be the absolute crushing that I probably thought it was going to be maybe a week or 10 days ago after I I started looking into the matchup a little bit, but I still think the Bills win in the cover.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, uh, you know, the the Packers have gotten a lot of credit for what I refer to as the Aaron Rodgers effect of, you know, people have given them credit for being a lot more talented than they are solely because of Rodgers. Rodgers is the elite. His arm talent is almost, almost unrivaled but not you know I, the, what he has around him hasn't been showing and he his lack of faith in in what's around him has been showing in, in especially in recent weeks so um i agree with you i think the i don't think it's going to be a you know a 38 to 3 showing by any means but i do think i agree with you i think the bills do cover and i think uh, i think we have a a reason to celebrate and be a little groggy come monday morning Breaking into the rest of the week here in week eight, the Ravens take on the Bucs tonight on Thursday Night Football. One of the better matchups Thursday night has had this year. Uh, Really week one, the Bills-Rams game was good, and it's been kind of downhill since then for Thursday Night Football. This is actually a decent one on paper until you realize both these teams are struggling. Uh, The Bucs' ship seems to be sinking, and the Ravens just aren't flying the way they used to. Uh, Who do you got in this one?
1: I think I'll take the Ravens just purely based on how the Bucks have been playing lately and kind of almost seems like Tom Brady has the same effect as Aaron Rodgers Aaron right now. Maybe both of them have taken a little bit more time off recently than they have in previous years and their preparation isn't as crystal clean as it has been in years past. They're both getting a little bit older. And I think my mindset is going to a short week. Uh, it probably benefits the younger Team Tom's in his a little bit older of a team in general is going to not be as well rested. They're going to be they're going to take a little bit longer to recover. I think it coming on Thursday night football, they're just going to look less time to prepare physically and mentally. Uh, Anytime you give Tom Brady like a long time to prepare, he comes with an incredible game plan and usually can take advantage of any weaknesses that you have. And I think a lot of that's null at this point on Thursday night football. So I would take the Ravens by four ish.
0: I would agree with that. I think, uh, you know, especially we see it a lot this year with Brady and everything going on in his personal life. I think it's affecting him a little bit more than, you know, than, than I think we would expect it to, but uh, you know, he's also the rumor coming out that he's, he's missing days of practice, you know, personal day on Tuesday, he uh, vet rest on Wednesday, (laughs) Uh, you know, goes to the, barely shows up for the walkthrough on Friday, takes his own private jet, you know, and it's kind of separating himself from, from the team a little bit and then screaming at his offensive lineman when things aren't going well. I think, uh, I think there's bigger problems. There were reports coming out this week that there may be issues between him and the offensive coaching staff on the team as well. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, th- this may finally be, you know, the fall of Tom Brady that we've kind of been waiting for, for the last five years, I think the Ravens just from a standpoint of just clicking better clicking better as a team uh and like you said being younger more athletic i think faster as a whole as a team uh um, yeah definitely faster so i think i think the ravens do take this one then we go to i believe this game is in germany uh broncos at the jags in germany it's at 9:30 sunday morning um and oh sorry this one is in london so it's still
1: I, I wish it was Germany. If it was a Germany game, I'd be there for sure.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this one is, is my, my favorite, favorite
1: place on the planet.
0: I do. I did misspeak on that, but the Broncos, uh, God knows what's going on. You want to talk about a quarterback who's separating himself from his team. Uh, Russell Wilson, there's reports coming out that if guys want to talk to him to run reps with him, they call his phone and his manager answers and he ha- they have to be screened to be able to talk to Russ. Uh, and then the Jags a couple weeks ago looked really, really good and have kind of come back down to earth for, you know, uh, four weeks. It's been four weeks, I think since we're, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on their quarterback's name. Cause I, and I do this once an episode, Trevor, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence made a comment about, you know, Jacksonville surprising people being, a, you know, a better team and they've been owned for since, uh, and then, you know, these London games are always they're, they're not always the best of the long travel going overseas, Different style of field that they're playing on. And uh, I I, I think the Jags take this one. I think the Jags are the better team. I think the Broncos have a lot to figure out, especially uh, the big one being why they paid Russ at this point.
1: I have comments for both these teams that I used to absolutely love and adore Russell Wilson. Like I would, every fantasy league, I would try to get my hands on him. I loved his style of play. But the last what, 18 months or so, it's really started to come out who he is as a person and how he is in the locker room. Um, Once there was rumors of him being traded or on the trade block in general, more things came out about how just doesn't really seem like anybody there likes him. And maybe Seattle actually wanted to move him, didn't just they weren't tanking or they weren't doing a reset, they wanted him gone, and that was shocking to find out. And you combine whatever his entire aura is with how on earth is Nathaniel Hackett a head coach at this point from what we've seen. All that coming together with new offense, new quarterback, all this media attention and whatnot, and it is a tire fire. It, it ain't working at all.
0: No, I mean, we, th- this is a team that last year we're sitting there going like, wow, this defense is pretty solid. They have a really like, If they had a quarterback, they'd be really good. And on on paper, yes. that was a huge upgrade, and it's not. And they they they're somehow worse.
1: Whatever the puzzle is and the formula that they put in place, um, it just is not working. Yeah, on paper, you add a quarterback to all that, but you didn't just add a quarterback. You added a whole different mindset in like a robot quarterback, yeah. and. I don't know anything about Nathaniel Hackett day-to-day. Um, they don't look prepared. They really don't. They do not look prepared. Uh, they're, they have elite, high-end speed wide receivers, too, and they're, they're not connecting deep at all. He used to have three, four deep shots by Russell Wilson every single game. They would, they would run some play action to Tyler Lockett at least twice a game and connect on almost each one. Um, and these guys just are... I don't understand how they're not running open down the field. You have Jerry Judy, who to me is actually one of my number one bills targets. I don't know if he's available. His cap hits only $4 million for the next two years. They, they signed him to an extension and if they blow it up in the next week, the Broncos do and the, you can get Jerry Judy for a reasonable price with two years left on that contract at $4 million. I think it makes the bills offense sore. Um, I, I want to see the Broncos burn. Like, I, From what it sounds like, Russell Wilson is just not the person anybody thought he was. And almost like what's happening to Brady right now, I'm happy to watch some of these older guys just go up in flames, let the new quarterbacks come in.
0: Yeah, it's uh, we Austin and I talked about it. We covered for the two-point conversation earlier this week. And that was actually one of our topics was uh, specifically Brady and Rodgers. And how the old guard is kind of faltering and, you know, have, have they stuck around one year too long? Is it, you know, uh, Brady, I think that might be the case. I don't know about Rogers. He's still playing. He's still able to play at a high level. He's just currently not. But, uh,
1: I think if you put Rogers on maybe uh, a different team or maybe has the same players around him for 18 months or so, it might be different, but I mean, he has, is it- back to the Bills versus Green Bay, their offensive line is completely different in shambles. He's just not in sync with anybody. Randall Cobb's now out, so he at least had that for a little period of time. He's gone. He doesn't seem like he's in sync with any one of his wide receivers at this point. It's, uh, yeah, he's, he's in a bad situation and he ain't being quiet about it either.
0: No, and it's it's one of those things I think if you put uh, Rodgers on the this Broncos team, we're having a different conversation right now.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm I'm afraid of them in the playoffs, for sure.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, who who do you got in this one, Jags or the Broncos?
1: I think I would take the Jaguars. Um their running game looks like the only thing between these two teams right now that looks good in any way is the Jags running game. So, I'll take the
0: Jags. Very very much so. Uh, moving on to the first one o'clock game on Sunday, the Dolphins visiting the Detroit Lions. Detroit can't stop a nosebleed right now. Uh, the Dolphins offense de- hasn't really looked like that high speed, high powered, high octane beast that they talked about. Uh, Tua didn't look fantastic in his return to play after one of the scarier inj- more scariest, one of the scariest injuries I've seen live. Um, and But the Lions offense, man, they can put points on the board up until last week, I think it was, but, uh, you know, they, they absolutely can put points on the board. It's just a matter of not being able to stop other teams from doing the same
1: Lions have been a little bit exciting than maybe the first time in my, since what John Kitna, he was throwing for yards like crazy back in the day. But, um, the first time that they've caught my eye at all, uh, it was a little disappointing that the lions, they had a bye week and came back and then you know, did like nothing, right? They just, they've they didn't look that back great. Back, Usually back teams back looked back. halfway decent out of the buy and they, they, they took a step back.
0: And yeah, they, they've been banged up too. I thought Deandre Swift has been hurt. I'm on Ross St. Brown can't seem to stay on the field right now. And he's a dude who's got, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable numbers for targets to catch ratio. He, I, I think the end of last year, he didn't have a single drop on a, like he, he was not, he wasn't credited with a single drop on any target. Um, and then his touchdown ratio is insane, but he's struggling to stay on the field right now. He's been banged up. Uh, he went out last week, whether I believe a concussion and, you know, it, to to me, this is going to be whose offense can click. We know the dolphins are probably going to score points that the lions got to win a shootout here.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they have the guns to do it. What's the current, um, status for St. Brown and for Swift.
0: Uh, let me see if so I can.
1: look like they're playing at all, or even remotely healthy. Because the only chance they have is if at least one of those guys are pretty much full go.
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, Twenty hours ago, Swift fully participated in practice. Amon Ross St. Brown still still limited. Uh, looks like Swift will go. Amon Ross St. Brown still up in the air.
1: I'd say the game would be within a touchdown if both Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown were healthy, but Dolphins, uh, you have another week away of in practice, a week away from that uh, injury for Tua. Seems like Waddle and Hill are are close to full go, and they're, they're just way too fast. And they do the Lions don't have the guns. I would take the Dolphins by 10.
0: Uh, it does look like Amon Ross St. Brown will play. Um, Dan Campbell said he did not suffer concussion. He was unable to return due to the league rules that prohibit a player's return who exhibit ataxia. Uh, but he said he should be good to go for the Dolphins. So they should have both of those weapons for the weekend.
1: Uh, I hope there's a hundred
0: points in this game. I, I, I do too. I think it'd be great. I also think it'd be interesting if there were a hundred, like you know, 60 points and 50 of them came from the, the lions, but that's just me being a Dolphins hater and I'll, and I'll, I can own that.
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely a Dolphins hater as well. I will, every single thing that they do wrong Uh, I love the comments on Twitter uh, because Bill's fans are pointing them out nonstop. Of course. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the lions like defense maybe do anything. I know they've, they've moved out a lot of guys. They've traded some of their, older contracts or let people walk or whatnot, but they have put draft capital into that defense. I mean, Jeff Kuda is a really high draft pick, right? Um, They, 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 they take a, a high end DN second overall this, this year that on almost every other team, that has done that in the last what, eight years or so have had a massive impact their rookie year in that situation. And I, I don't really know what Hutchinson's done to this point. Maybe I, I, he just doesn't have the horses with him.
0: I, I think that's what it is. You know, we, when we look through this division, we look through the Lions uh, going into our season previews. We, one of the things I noticed was you know, they had the firepower on offense that we kind of expected them to have and their defense. It, it almost looks like they're building – They're trying to build the reverse of what the Bills did, where it was build the defense to stay in games and then bring the offense up to speed. This looks like we're going to try to burn it down on offense and just put up as many points as we can and just, and then build the defense over time. And I think they thought that may be more of a modern NFL approach, and it, t- it really hasn't worked to the tune of their one. It anymore. kind of
1: reminds me of like the Browns. Like the Browns have high-end D end, high-end cornerback drafted those positions super high, but when it all came, like it just didn't come together. For they didn't fill the rest of the defensive roster right. with the bodies needed around those guys to succeed. And like I've thought for multiple years, the Browns defense was going to be like a dog and they, they just haven't been so they just, just been able to same break things break. Happen with the Lions.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I, I think the Dolphins do take this one. I do want to see a high scoring affair. And I think if it does turn into that, I think the Lions have a chance. Uh, but I think, I do think the Dolphins take this one and, you know, we're, we're going to start to hear more of the two is the truth and two is five and oh and all this other stuff. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about settling that one. That score down the road, uh, the Panthers and the Falcons, this, I mean, Early this year, if you told me that these two are still at this point fighting for a potential, uh, I mean, lead in the like the Val, the Falcons win this game and the Bucks lose, the Falcons are in the lead in the division. The Panthers win this one. the Panthers win this one and the Bucks lose, they're tied for first in the division. That like this division's a really bad. The NFC South is kind of a joke, but. The, like the fact that they're neither one of these teams is in fourth place is astonishing to me.
1: That division as a whole, like how are there two divisions? Uh, there's a division in the AFC that's like mirrors this right now. How, how are there two divisions like that in the NFL right now that are
0: just that bad? And, it's and unbelievable. How is, and how is neither one of them, the NFC East? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the NFC East, just the, NS, the whole
1: NFC East just took out green Bay too. Right. Um, unbelievable um this this matchup is uh, it's a shame you have to even talk about it
0: yeah and, and and really we can just say that and be done uh the falcons are, <laughs> i think the falcons are overplaying their station the panthers are very blatantly trying to lose uh i don't know that many people are going to tune into this one so i don't think we can need to talk about it that much uh the cardinals visiting the vikings the vikings finally have their shot they, this is this is their, their time to win their division and they've got a decent lead to do. So, uh, I personally think the Cardinals suck and I have no problem saying that to anybody who would listen, uh, they're, they're just in shambles that, that whole, that whole franchise feels like it's on fire right now. Uh, the Vikings are finally finding some footing, not really having the same old green Bay team to deal with probably helps a little bit, but they look like they're playing confident. They're playing well and playing balanced football.
1: I would love to break this game down a little more in depth than certainly we do with the Panthers and Falcons game, because this is really intriguing to me. One thing with this game that I really enjoy is both these teams got decent rest. So you've got the Vikings, I believe, coming off a bye, and then the Cardinals coming off playing Thursday night the week before. So both teams are going to be well-rested. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is back. they I, I don't think the Cardinals are that good either, but they were a different team with Andre Hopkins back, I, the Cardinals' defense—they—they uh, they don't have the horses, and they look terribly coached. And I just think Kyler Murray is like a little baby.
0: Yeah, I—I'm I, on the Kyler Murray is heavily overrated train, um, you know. And for me, it's one of those things when it, it, I think I broke it down last year. because like I, I did the same thing for him that I did for Baker Mayfield with the Browns. His stats with and without D Hop on the field. Uh, I did that for Baker and OBJ last year too. And it, it's mm-hmm. astonishing how much better of a player he looks like with one of, in my opinion, uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins may be the best overall bar none receiver in the league. You, you, you He's he's that guy. I kind of talk about like Josh, the same way you name anything, any top guy can do. He can do it too. But there's they, like when
1: but, Hopkins but is them, healthy. Yes. And yes, when he is healthy, And like, if you had to pick one human being to put with any quarterback on any team, Hopkins is most definitely one of the maybe three guys mentioned for sure. Um, But he has had injury issues and uh, I mean, he's been moving around, really never had a quarterback. Very true.
0: And and like, and his numbers are insane despite that, which is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He's got the Andre Johnson situation.
0: Yeah. And that's so, I mean. Putting him on the field is going to make anybody better. How much better it makes Kyler look, I think, is almost disturbing when you start talking about your starting quarterback. Like I i shouldn't need one dude on the field with my quarterback for my quarterback to look competent, but that's where the Cardinals are. They have that guy. And like you said, they're coming off rest. You know, they have a long week. They, you know, guys who anybody who banged up who's banged up should be getting healthy, should be feeling pretty fresh after the long lead. And you they, they're gonna need it because the Vikings were on by last week, I believe. And um they they've looked like a solid squad this year.
1: They have, yeah. Their schedule has been moderate. Their one loss to the Eagles, who shockingly one of the you know Super Bowl favorites. And then back to Kyler very briefly. He, I almost it feels mental. With you bring Hopkins back, he's he feels like he's surrounded again with premier players, and he just his body language is is different. He's playing a little bit more juiced up. He just seems happier. He seems, but he seems like down in the dumps when he's playing with marginal players.
0: You know, and it it wouldn't surprise me if that's not the case, especially when we're talking about a guy who had to have a study clause put into his contract. And, you know, there's, there's,
1: Hey, that was taken back. They, they retracted the study clause after it became public.
0: Yeah. Because it looked terrible.
1: (laughs) I wonder (laughs) how that was magically leaked
0: yeah that was that that was bad but i mean the the fact that his like you know you want to talk about his stats changing his stats change when d hops on the field and his, his his stats also change in correlation to the new call of duties being dropped which the new call of duty just dropped last weekend so uh we'll see how that goes
1: oh that's brutal yeah that's um where there's smoke there's fire and Absolutely. almost like just like with Russell Wilson, there was all of a sudden out of nowhere just a little bit of smoke that maybe he wasn't the person people thought. When stuff like that gets in the public, like it has happened in the last you know, eight months or so with Kyler Murray, something's up, dude. You're a professional. Get put away whatever games or parties or anything you. I do believe that Kyler Murray, in the right situation, and I'm talking the right situation, could win a Super Bowl. I really do. He has that kind of talent, and he, but he. He would need to be on a team that is the right locker room, the right weapons, the right situation, and the right people around him making sure that he's doing the right thing all the time. I I think he could take over games if he's 100% um, committed to trying to win, and that is his life. I I just don't know if he's doing that. And that certainly is not the situation in Arizona right now. That defense is terrible. I couldn't name Anybody on their offensive line besides the Bills just traded Ford, right? So, uh, I think I have the Vikings in this game. It would not surprise me if the Cardinals won. Uh, if Vikings defense has been, they seem to always be decent, but they, they're not making splash plays, I don't believe. They're not really getting sack fumbles anymore. They don't have like a Jared Allen. Uh, they don't have somebody uh, a monster corner any longer who's making big splash plays you just keep t- tend to you know limit the yards and keep everything in the 20s so uh i would take the vikings and maybe a little bit less of a shootout than people may think uh, somewhere along 27 23 vikings uh maybe maybe a decent amount of yards but not as many scores as people anticipate uh I, I, would, I would expect Jefferson to have a day though.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, like you, you said like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals, you know, found a way to win. Um, I would be, I would probably be as surprised by that as I would be by the Vikings blowing this out by three scores. And the answer is not really at all. Um, I think it could, you know, th- this, this really could go either way. The Vikings should win this on paper. Uh, I, I like where mm-hmm. you're at with your score. Um, but I, I could see the Vikings you know, hanging thirty five and the Cardinals barely Oh,
1: weak. I'm I'm right there with you with that. You get this game's like hypothetically seventeen ten at half and then Kyler gets the ball at half and all of a sudden has a turnover, which could very well happen. All of a sudden this is a three score blowout. Oh yeah. Um it, it could be tight for a while and then I'm Kyler's just not careful with the ball. The only highlight, I don't watch a lot of NFC football while I'm watching the Bills. You just catch the highlights of what happens. And there's always a Kyler gave away the ball in a clutch moment highlight. So, yeah, I I, I would take the Vikings. If I was a betting man, which I am not, um, I would not touch this game at all because there could be anything that happens.
0: Yeah, the, the, this one scares me as far as the uh, any 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 lines any prop bets I I, I I want nothing to do with it. But uh I do think the Vikings take it. Wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals snuck one, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the if the Vikings just ran away with it. Uh speaking of one I think the like a team will probably run away with. Uh, Dak is back, the Cowboys are hosting the Bears in Dallas and I don't know. I I think the Cowboys have this. I think the Cowboys have it easy and I think this is kind of a you start to see Dak and that offense start to get back on the same page a little bit.
1: Get right game. Yeah. This does look like a get right game, especially with Chicago. I mean, they just, they just threw up their hands and you know, they're, they're going to start trading players off at the deadline. There's who knows if Justin Fields even plays the bills when they play, I think on Christmas Eve, is he still going to be, even be the starting quarterback at that point in time? Um, man, I hope Dak gets right. Cause I would love for the Cowboys to make a run and be in the Super Bowl Cause one I think the bills will stop them um, and it would just be retribution for, you know, the nineties, but the Cowboys are, you know, they're quote America's team. Although I, I'd argue it's the bills at this point. And I would too. I, the NFC so wide open that whoever gets hot kind of, like the giants uh, years ago is just going to come out of the NFC. And it, I'd love for it to be one of these teams that have like a quarterback that I don't think is that great. I don't want to see Brady or Rodgers get right in, you know, December and January, and then we're playing the elite level Brady or Rodgers. I'd rather see Hertz. I'd rather see Dak. I think our uh, one of those teams come out of the NFC. I think that the Bills, planning against that, will eat them alive. Yeah. And the Cowboys, their schedule really gets a lot easier. They I don't know how they are five and two at this point in time with the injuries and everything they've dealt with. But this team could end up racking thirteen wins now and winning that division at this point. Maybe you gotta you gotta win your divisional games, which I just assume they are going to, but who knows at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I got, I think I got the get Eagles right coming out of this way. one. I, I think the Eagles are a better team than them. Um you have to assume they're going to beat the Giants again, right? I mean, that's that's an assumption I have going forward.
1: Yeah, Washington, the Giants are always just a lookover for me, but it's just
0: that hasn't been happening, right? So that'll, and I mean, I agree. I mean, you got the commanders, you got the Titans who don't look like they're themselves, uh, um, you got the Texans, the Colts, the Jags. So, uh they very, they very well could be uh, one of the top, you know, obviously, if they win their division, they'll be. Probably the top team. I think whoever wins these might be, you know, the one seed over there. But um, outside of that, I think, uh, you know, they're definitely looking at a a decent starting point. But uh,
1: yeah, I just feel like the Cowboys schedule now is so easy moving forward that I think the Eagles are a better team, but the Cowboys schedule is so vanilla. that you should be able to just stack wins. I think the bills are in the same situation now for a while. The bills should rack off like 10 wins in a row, barring some
0: crazy injuries or a weird game. Yeah, I agree with that. Speaking of a weird game, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the New Orleans saints, this one, the saints, I think match up well against the passing game of the Raiders, but that's not the story of Las Vegas right now. Josh Jacobs making the world a believer on the ground and the saints, uh, you know, not really sure what they're doing with, uh, with the quarterback situation it, you know i think they're rolling with Andy Dalton still who looks to be you know trying to keep a you know that one more season thing going on of the uh of the Ryan Fitzpatrick approach and then you know i their the receivers are always banged up but then they're not then they are uh, god knows what their running game looks like but that defense just finds a way to keep them in the game
1: this game is the Trade me your players after this week game for me. Um, both these teams, just not off to the starts that they expected. Both of them have decent players with some value to a championship roster. I really thought that the Saints, I don't know how they did what they did this offseason. They were, what, $100 million over the cap? I thought they were going to start a tire fire, uh, sell-off, start getting rid of every vet they had, and they just didn't. I don't know how they pulled it off. It was miraculous. But they have, I, I know they lost Armstead in the in the offseason to, I, I believe, Miami. But he was a free agent. There are contracts that they have that were awful. They capped. Uh, I'd like to see some of the, you know, that's from the Raiders or the Saints moved after this game. And if I'm the Bills, I'm calling them. I'd love to see an interior old lineman plucked. Maybe a, a bonus D tackle for depth, uh, a linebacker added, something along those lines. I want the Bills to add, and this is uh, all eyes are on this game for me. Um, Jacobs, obviously they didn't pick up his option. It, I'm not trying to give up Ton, but if if he's available, I mean that's a, that's a nice little cherry on top. As far as the game itself, Saints don't have a quarterback. I, I don't know. Are any of the receivers healthy? Cause, um, you know, lavi has been out. Then he's in. Michael Thomas is hurt. Um, they, I think they're well coached. They seem to make stuff work with Taysom Hill, who's been great for me as a tight end, quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, no but, <laughs> I don't know how Yahoo continues to let that happen. They stopped it for one year, and then it was a thing again this year. So I picked him up everywhere. Um, I would take the Raiders. I, I've been too high though on the Raiders. I think I picked them. Every week that they haven't played Kansas City and they've been a let down nonstop but i I'll still take the Raiders in this game
0: I will too, and i think uh I think Devonte Adams kind of shares that sentiment with you but uh
1: the yeah what's like can can he get back to form so that I could start winning some fantasy games and the one thing with the Raiders though that is in my opinion, their major problem. Again, offensive line, to me, being this big old burly fat guy, matters so much. Um, Their offensive line, they've just swung and missed repetitively and with first-round picks. Quit reaching for guys that you want to make into a good offensive lineman. Just take the players in the draft that are staring you in the face, that are perennial, solid, potential Pro Bowl players that can't miss. They have for years been taking players that are the home run pick in swinging, missing over and over and over again. And now their offensive line is awful. So I don't know how Jacobs is doing what he's doing with that O-line.
0: Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, coming from a team who, what, three three or four years ago was easily one of the best offensive lines in the game. That's it, It's insane how that has swung. Uh, but, I mean, that is the ebb and flow of the NFL. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I'm taking the Raiders here. I, I wish I want Devonte Adams to get back to form. I don't know. I, my biggest issue with the Raiders was getting rid of their interim head coach. I mean that guy, that guy had these dudes playing and believing in themselves last year when everything went wrong, and then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna get give somebody else a shot," which drove me nuts. But um, I on that point a
1: little bit. I love a guy at the top, regardless of X's and O's, who can get the most out of players. There are elite coordinators everywhere. More teams, in my opinion, should take the guy who is going to bring it all together and get the most out of your players, get the locker room right, getting everybody on the same page, organized, and let their coordinators put in their schemes and win you your X's and O's. And I agree that he he had them playing like dogs and uh, just, they, they go with the shiny toy instead of something that makes sense at, at its like core.
0: Yep. And that's, uh, I, I think the Raiders would be a lot better off had they, had they stuck with, uh, their coach from last year that finished out the season with them. But I do think they take this game and uh, the said uh, both of these teams just swimming and just, just wait, just, just treading water in purgatory at this point. And it's, it's tough to see. Cause I, I, I thought the Raiders would be better than what they've been so far. They're both
1: a tease. They both seem like they should be better than they are. Their record shows for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, next up is going to be the battle of PA, the Steelers visiting the Eagles. Um, the Steelers, uh, who knows, man. I mean, Mitch Trubisky didn't look like he was trying to win football games. Kenny Pickett looks like he's trying and can't. Um, this this defense is, is banged up playing a little bit better, kind of, but only a little, I mean, they had, they had a win if they, if they could, if they could, if this defense could catch a football, they'd have blown the, the dolphins out last week,
1: but the game, yeah, well, they can't when they drop four.
0: Yeah. an easy ones, not, not trying to high point a ball, like going down in the bread basket and just goes through your hands. You know, the, the, the stuff that you see, you know, five-year-old kids make that style of catch regularly and these grown men in the NFL couldn't get it done last week. And that is going to bode very, very poorly against what I believe is a very high-powered Eagles offense.
1: Yeah, they are. The Eagles offense and the thing that – they're scary in that way because when they are clicking perfectly, they are a truly high-powered offense, but they made a lot of mistakes. And I look at this game, and I kind of compare it to how that Eagles game – I think it was the season opener. Remember, they played the Lions. And they were kind of blowing them out, but Hertz had I think three picks to, in the first half or and and in the early part of the game, and it looked like it should have been forty to nothing, but it was only seventeen nothing, and then there it ended up being a really close game. There was a high scoring game. Um, so I feel like the Eagles can make a lot of mistakes in this game and still win by a lot, almost like what the Bills did to start the game versus Steelers. They win that game thirty eight to three, and our offense was kind of fumbly a little bit for the first quarter. Um Steelers they don't they don't have an offense. They just don't. They have a terrible offensive line. They don't have a quarterback. Um I, I think Harris maybe is getting healthier, but I don't think he's been fully healthy. Uh, I love I mean I love Tomlin. I think he's one of he gets the absolute most out of everyone. Um but when it's all said and done, the Steelers would have to uh pull off a complete miracle to even be close in this game. They they would need four or five turnovers, and they still wouldn't capitalize.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that offense, it, it's, it looks like they're still running the offense. They tried to run with Big Ben at the end of his career when that's all he could do, and it's just not working. Uh, Steelers, three scores easy in this, or sorry, Eagles, three scores easy in this one. I agree. Uh, an interesting one for me is the Patriots and the Jets, the Jets making the move after losing uh stud rookie running back making the move for the former two years ago uh leading NFL rusher in James Robinson breathing new life into his career potentially and uh, after not really seeing the field for two weeks in Jacksonville and going against the Patriots who uh, just they fi- they finally look like the joke of a franchise. We've wanted them to be here in Buffalo forever. Uh, don't know who their quarterback is. Don't know which quarterback's better. They're both backups, in my opinion. But somehow, someway, Belichick always finds a way to coach well against the Jets, and I'm intrigued to see if he can do it again.
1: Quarterback purgatory. It's a tough place to be. Yeah, they yeah. They may be drafting again in the first round. I, I really would not be completely shocked if somehow Mac Jones was traded by the deadline there's a couple teams that could really use an upgrade at quarterback that you know may matter if they get one um i uh, patriots are a mess like they really they're are. they're obviously they're coached pretty well and they stay in games but that roster is atrocious and i don't know why they just keep missing in the draft over and over and over again they've drafted so poorly Uh, Tom Brady is unbelievable with what he did with how many swings and misses they had in the drafts over years. Uh, I don't believe in Mac Jones at all. The thing is with the Jets, though, um, their defense, it stops. You're not making many big plays against them. They keep everything in front of them. They have a lot of stars. The dink and dunk annoying offense that the Patriots run and their run game is always top tier. They probably keep this pretty close, just because they. Mac Jones can run, you know, that little eight-yard offense all day. They may not even try to take any shots. And the Jets aren't exactly. They just lost. They just lost their running back. So this game may be a little bit more low, low scoring. Seventeen to thirteen. I don't see a lot of points in this game.
0: Yeah, I, I would be shocked if either one of these offenses broke the uh, the twenty point threshold. Just because I don't yeah, think I offense is good enough, and you know, uh, you're only as good as your quarterback carries you in the NFL. And I don't think either te- either team has a quality quarterback. Um, speaking of not having a quality quarterback, the Titans visiting the Texans in the first four o'clock game this week. Uh, I see. I, I I'm interested to get your opinion on this, Derek Henry has had some good games, but he does not look like the same beast that he was. Um, I've seen him getting, gotten dragged down and tripped up by corners left and right this year. Uh, I've seen guys with no momentum, be able to wrap him up and bring him down. He's, it's not that he's bad by any means. He's just not the, the King Henry that we know and have been used to for years and years. The Titans still take this game, I think, but it's going to be it's not going to be, uh, oh, my God, 250, 300-yard Derrick Henry game because I don't think he's got that in him anymore.
1: I think that their you know, mojo that they had of this big boy football that when they beat us on Monday Night Football last year, which I was flabbergasted that, that happened, but you know that recipe can win football games and it has, um, that mojo is just gone. They've lost a couple of offensive linemen to have some injuries there. And then, I mean, Henry had a major injury last year, and he just hasn't looked really the same. He hasn't hit a cliff, but he, he's not the same running back, and he doesn't have the same holes. I mean, he was consistently running six yards downhill, full momentum, that giant running back plowing through the hole without being touched over and over and over again for some of these big runs, then he'd break a tackle and go, you know, way further. He's being contacted substantially closer to the line of scrimmage than he has at any point in the last three or four years because their offensive line is, is just not what it is. And I don't think teams respect their passing game. How do you move A.J. Brown? What are you doing? I... He, is your, he is your only pass-catching weapon at all that they had. And you never know why teams move a player like that, but he is a high-end talent. I understand you just don't want to pay him, but you're not paying a crazy quarterback salary. You don't have any singular defensive player that has a crazy salary either. How do you not make that work?
0: Yeah, I, I'm i really glad they did because I really like seeing him on the Eagles. I like not a fun offense. offense. And like, but holy cow, I agree. I, I was shocked when they did that. And then you tried to replace him. Like you didn't have to replace him. He, it like it's not like he left as a free agent. You you moved him, and then tried to replace him in the draft. It does, none of it made sense. Um,
1: I, I know he wanted a contract, but like, come on, it, he was clearly one of the high end receivers in the league. And if you just take into consideration what they don't have with AJ Brown gone, they they were obviously going to get let Julio Jones go as well. So you left with nothing. On the, You took that draft pick immediately took another wide receiver, but most wide receivers do not come out of the gate that are picked later in the first round and dominate. Not everyone's Jefferson. It takes a year and a half or so before these guys become premium assets and and show up on game day. They set themselves up to fail hard. I really think their management set this team up to fail hard, and I can't believe they're 4-2, but I think it's mainly because their division is a joke.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a condition of who they're playing more than how they're playing because I agree with you. Um <laughs> I, and the Texans are just they're just not those guys. They're you know, still still in the process of a build and it shows. So uh, I I do think the Titan- I would take Titans by 8. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a a two-score game that's far tighter than it probably ever should be, but is still Exactly. Yes. Two teams that are going to be fun to watch uh and in- Yeah, I I saw a fun fun fact. The only game featuring two teams with a winning record this year, 425 in Seattle, the Giants at the Seahawks. Geno Smith still hasn't written back to people who wrote him off. Yeah, insert
1: the mind blown uh, head emoji into this. I could not give you an opinion that has any insight to this game whatsoever these two teams having the records that they have is absolutely mind-blowing. They're both in the midst of seemingly rebuilds. Um, uh, Maybe Russell Wilson really was a problem, but, I mean, it's Geno Smith. Again, neither team has elite offensive lines. Um, They're probably both being very well coached. I don't think either team has great wide receiver weapons. Um, Neither defense seems to be that great either, but they are winning football games, so... Um, I have absolutely no opinion on who wins this game whatsoever. I, another game, I would not touch with a 10 foot pole if I was a betting man, but I would like to sit down and watch this game.
0: Absolutely. This is going to be, this is going to be a fun one to have on in the background when you guys are hanging out in the, uh, at the mafia house, just because, uh, For D- sure. Danny dimes, I, he's not that guy, but he's doing, he's doing enough. He's doing exactly what is asked of him by not losing football games. Uh, the, the resurgence of Saquon Barkley has been nice to see and healthy. he's healthy,
1: healthy, such a good football
0: player and Gino Smith, uh, you know, just pro- proving the haters wrong for at least one more year. Um, and I agree, this is a coin flip for me. I don't care who wins. It's just going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Back to the, back to this game though, in general, I'm starting to think that, uh, Pete Carroll, uh, maybe he actually is a, a pretty damn good coach, and maybe uh, maybe Russell Wilson really benefited from that scheme. He's making Geno Smith look like a pretty decent quarterback. Um, when I don't I don't re- up until Geno Smith coming in for an injury replacement to Russell Wilson when he got injured recently last year, uh, I didn't know he was in the NFL for the last five years.
0: Agreed. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Russell Wilson got hurt. Who's the backup there? Geno Smith. What? But yeah, that was the yeah. Guy. I, I I think I literally laughed out loud. I have Geno Smith starting in a fantasy football league this week.
1: I, I've been playing against him nonstop. People have been picking him up. Pick Geno Smith outscored Lamar Jackson against me. I think the last three weeks in a row. Yeah. I have Lamar in two leagues, and Geno Smith's been killing me.
0: Uh, it's it, it's fun to watch, you like seeing a guy like that who you know quietly did his time as a backup after failing yeah, his first draft spot, and now he's getting a shot and doing well with it. Uh, speaking of speaking of failed quarterbacks, the Commanders and either Wentz or Heineke against the Colts with <laughs> Ellinger or maybe Ryan or maybe Foles or I don't know. Can
1: <laughs> Jonathan whole, Taylor just please do anything? Oh man, yeah. I I like, like I'm I so do- afraid to even trade him at this point because I would just you know the moment I move him in fantasy is just going to go off. So I'm just going to hold tight there. Um, yeah, this, he's he's been a big frustration, um, and the fact that they they were talking about keeping Matt Ryan for three or four years, right, and paying him all this money, well, yikes,
0: m- money well saved at that point. If you're uh, if you're pull, if you pulled him and you decided to move on, but uh, you know you're not going to survive with this rotating carousel of thirty eight plus year olds and Carson Wentz. It's just not a it's just not a. a a thing you can do. And you know, I, at this point I've said it before, I'll say it again, both of these teams, I think need to be ripped down to the studs and rebuilt because. A thousand percent. It, it's a, it's a mess. And I don't really even care who wins this one. Cause I don't think it matters. No.
1: no, I don't either. I'd love to see the Colts actually win. And maybe somehow win that division in some joke manner, get them in the playoffs uh, before, you know, Henry and their offensive line gets healthy and maybe can, can run the ball down somebody's throat. Uh, it, but that's kind of what I was talking about earlier about surprisingly seeing Mac Jones get traded out of nowhere. I, I wouldn't be shocked if a team like the Colts go in and make some like second round pick offer for Mac Jones or something and just continue their purgatory, but maybe get a little bit better for this year. They are in the worst division imaginable.
0: Yeah. And that's the only thing that is still even remotely keeping them, um, relevant at that point. But
1: the same thing with the Titans, uh, like, um, I believe that the Titans, have, who were the number one seed in the AFC last year, over the last three seasons, they are 500 against anybody not in their division. But they're something like 14 and two versus their division. That's why they keep doing so well. Yeah,
0: it's insane. Uh, second last game of the of the run here, the 49ers visiting the Rams in LA. Again, probably going to be a home game for San Francisco. Nobody cares about football in L.A., but there's two football teams there playing it, Uh, and the Niners are close enough that their fans travel in droves the way Buffalo travels to Tennessee to go see football games. Uh, The Niners, ah, Christian McCaffrey going to have a full week under his belt over there. Uh, Jimmy G looking more than serviceable at this point, and the Rams coming off a bye, hopefully the rest that Stafford needed, I believe that Stafford's elbow issue that they talked about in the preseason has been lingering far longer. Uh, and I'm basing that. There's on, smoke, there's fire. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm basing that on my knowledge of pitchers and baseball players and throwers, people mm-hmm. who do throwing for a living, and how how lingering and you know the only way to get rid of tendonitis in your elbow is to stop throwing, and they haven't let him do that yet. So uh, the Rams, I think. Have I mean, I think they're in trouble. I think the Niners take this game, but the divisional games are always tight. It's going to be a coin flip, but I'm taking the Niners.
1: So I think we're going to disagree with this game, and here's why. I'm I'm such an advocate of like the bye week and rest, and I think that teams consistently play substantially better coming off of a bye, and the Rams had a bye. Maybe some teams got rest. I, I'm curious how I, – I don't know the stats on this, but how the Rams run defenses this year. I mean, they have Aaron freaking Donald, and he is the run stuffer – and the 49ers are going to just want to run the ball. So I feel that matchup there is the Rams coming off a bye with Aaron Donald plugging up the middle, whatever the game plan is for the 49ers. Um, I don't think the Rams have to try to win a shootout. in For instance, in Stafford forcing the ball uh, in week one versus the Bills when they're down and causing more turnovers. I think if they run a relatively simple game plan and stop the run of the 49ers, they can win this game and they have Cooper cup. I don't have any real confidence in Jimmy G at all. I just think McCaffrey is too new to that system to really matter at this point. And they look terrible for Kansas city. I, I'm going to take the Rams in this game, like 23, 20.
0: Yeah. It, it's definitely going to be tight. I th- I, I do believe the one score game I'm taking the Niners because I believe, uh, the Rams can't run the football at all. And I don't think staff, I really just Stafford just doesn't look right. And maybe, maybe the bye week is what he needed to get right. But, um, you know, I'm still- I think
1: a lot of those little screens that they did so well last year, um, moving Cooper cup around eight, 10, 12 yards. Um, and I want to say they're getting Van Jefferson back. Oh, if not this week, maybe very soon, but he may be back this week. And if you can move Cooper Cup to that, almost like your extended running game, yeah, coming out of the slot, catching a lot of those, everything that they did last year in general, and Van Jefferson's back hitting the deep ball, because, I mean, Robinson's just been a colossal boss on this team. Oh my God. Uh, that opens up their offense so much, because they, Cup has been everything for speed on their offense.
0: Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see how that goes i do i do have to appreciate the uh the rams (laughs) the weirdest game planning i've ever seen they line three they run they run a bunch set and robinson's never part of it because they want their white receiver in cooper cup their white tight end in uh was it higby and then they put another another white dude out there and it's their numbers are all similar so they look like all right, pick which one's the really like the all world receiver out of these three and like
1: the Lancaster high school bunch. set.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's And it's really, really funny just to watch. I've I've no, I noticed it every time I watch the Rams play. I'm like, they're literally trying to, they, and they usually do it with some tempo. So they're like, okay, which one's actually Cooper cup. And it, it, it just makes me laugh because it works. And, you know, I
1: would think that the most professionals at the NFL level should never be fooled by that but if it's working and it is that's incredible and you know, Cooper Cup is just oh my goodness
0: yeah they 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 just run like a quick mesh concept with it and it just seems to it seems to, to work at least every other time they put it out there to some and I mean we're not talking like game breaking plays but uh, but interesting like just just enough to get cup open and just find ways to to confuse people a little bit or maybe just second guess just a hair to get to get a little bit of room on the field but uh, this is gonna. I think this is going to be a good game because it always is. It's always a good game between these two. And I think the Niners have a weird winning streak against the Rams going.
1: Yeah, they somehow find a way to win these games. It's bizarre. Um, but eh, I didn't like what I saw last week, too. And I like the fact that the Rams are coming off a bye.
0: Yeah, I can appreciate that. Last but not least, the Monday night game between the Bengals and the Browns. Um, I mean, I, I saw a rumor that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, That Nick Chubb bought a PlayStation, not because he plays, but because he he sets an alarm to wake up to find out which one of his teammates are up and playing so he can call them and tell them to go the hell to bed, which I think is hilarious. That's the kind of accountability I want from the NFL. But at the same time, it's sad that you have to do that as a professional athlete to other professional athletes. And you're playing the Bengals who seem to kind of be getting their legs under him again. They're not going to I don't think they're going to recreate the magic of last year. But the offense is starting to click the way I think people expected it to click all along.
1: So let's go back a couple of weeks to uh, with the Bengals because I think the Bengals win this game. I think they win this game kind of easily. Okay. Um, I actually almost don't expect Cream Hunt to play in this game because the trade deadline I think is Tuesday. Um, the he could be moved by them or they magically sit him if they really do intend on trading him, which it sounds like if that's the case. But the Bengals, the Bengals are playing, I believe, on Thursday Night Football maybe three weeks ago. Um, the Tua injury game and whatnot. Twitter, the Bills Mafia Twitter uh, of Overreaction Mafia is going all up in arms thinking that the Miami Dolphins actually matter in the NFL, which I don't at all. And they are trying to uh, hope that the Bengals stomp the Miami Dolphins who just beat us in the most unicorn game I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm getting just absolutely destroyed on social media for openly saying, I am rooting for the Miami Dolphins in this game. Joe Burrow is Joe freaking Burrow. He still was just in the Super Bowl. They have real star power. They added so many free agents in the offseason. And I think this is a real team I want squashed, I want them buried. If you could sum, and at the time, the Ravens were on fire. So, if you're thinking the Ravens win that division, you somehow get the Bengals and not even make the playoffs. That is one more elite quarterback out of our way. And all I care about is the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I just never considered the Miami Dolphins in any way, shape, or form a threat to us later in the season when we play in December or if they made the playoffs playing them. Uh, all, you know, health issues aside, we stomp them under normal conditions. Well, the Bengals barely sneak out that game, even with Tua, you know, not playing the second half. And here we are, and Joe Burrow has been probably the second best player in the NFL in the last three weeks, and he, I, he, offensive player of the week last week because you know Josh Allen couldn't play because he was on a bye, But they look back like they're hitting their stride, and I'm a little fearful. I wanted them buried, and they're they're hitting their stride now. They they won two games by like right at the end they could easily be like two and five right now which would be great they probably missed the playoffs but now they're they're you know a threat come january right now that i don't like
0: yeah and i mean you look at you look at the teams that you know they faltered against the steelers in week one faltered against the cowboys in week two both tight games both one score games um then they beat the jets they beat the dolphins they got edged out by the Raiders, or uh, sorry, by the Ravens. Then they beat the Saints and the Falcons, and it's, I mean, they're, you know, scoring 20 27, 30, and 35, three of the last four games. I mean, this is an offense that, like I said, starting to, starting to hit in stride. I think they continue that role against a Browns team that isn't very good. I don't think the Browns are able to keep this close unless Nick Chubb runs for 200 yards. And yeah,
1: Chubb has to go absolute ape, you know, he's got to just go for three touchdowns and on buck 80 for this game to be close. I, I don't think that they can throw the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, I, I know that they can't, they don't have anyone to throw it to down the field and, uh, the Bengals do. And the Browns don't have anyone to stop those three. So I, uh, this is going to be a tough one. And I, I, I think you're right. I, I, I don't, I don't think the, the. The Bengals recapture the magic from last year, but I do think they're a good football team and you definitely don't want like a good quarterback with a good offense meeting you in the playoffs, especially if they get hot at the right time.
1: Yeah. I'd much rather have had like Miami sneak in there from the AFC or at the time before, you know, whatever's going on with the Patriots, they look terrible. Now the Patriots get in there as a wild card. Although I I think they're, they're absolutely awful. Uh, I'd, I'd rather, or or the Browns, the Browns didn't have to lose their last few games. They were playing okay. I'd rather see some teams like that sneak into the playoffs than somebody who was just in the Super Bowl. I mean, they 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 lost the Super Bowl by a drive. So, you know, I, I give that a little bit of credit. And Burrow threw for 350 in three touchdowns in the first half last game. He has the magic in him. Whether it's there every game or not, I, I'd I'd rather not have to deal with that if, you know, Maybe they, maybe maybe they hit a lull here, but they're they're hitting their stride, and they really invested in their offensive line in the off season. Now it looked terrible to start the season, but you would know a lot better than I would. Maybe that takes time to gel. Uh, they they brought in some very good players on that offensive line. They spent money, and.
0: It does, and it takes it takes time for scheme to hit home, and for guys to really gel to work together and stuff. And you know, you getting used to other guys' calls, other guys' cadences, other guys, you know, how other exactly. players operate. And I mean, you 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 look at who they got next. They got the Browns, then they got the Panthers. They're gonna have a revenge game against the Steelers. Then they got the Titans, and then you know, then they hit the Chiefs again, or then they hit the Chiefs.
1: That'll be a tough. I expect four and 4 and zero going into. The, they're gonna end up being eight and three going into the Chiefs game.
0: Yeah, and then they're gonna be then they got the um the browns, the bucks, the pats, the bills and the ravens to round out their season.
1: So yeah, they could lose three they I would say at this point they could finish with six losses but that that makes the playoffs, you know, 11 and 6. They could lose three of those games for the end of the season between us, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the Ravens, etc. Um 11 and 6 gets into the playoffs when they, uh they had a couple no you know real close games that I don't think I don't think nine wins maybe not 10 wins gets into the playoffs but you know that, that Miami game could literally get them squeaking that out could literally get the Bengals into the playoffs and I just don't want them there
0: I I agree with you and that's yeah you know, it's something you know I'm sure no one was thinking about that early and that's you know that that's that long I was yeah, that's, that's chess, chess versus checkers. Chess, I want the team that just beat us and has and has been running their mouth on social media to lose. Yeah, but the better team I want out of the playoffs at the end. I can, Exactly. I know I can beat the Dolphins. It'll be interesting to see what happens against a, a high-powered and clicking-on-all-cylinders Bengals team. So that'll wrap it up for this week's episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. Buffalo Freddy, I appreciate you joining me, my friend.
1: This is my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Anytime you are welcome on the show. Anytime you guys heard all summer long, we were sponsored by Buffalo Freddy, uh, the Buffalo Freddy party rental to be, to be specific, be sure to, if you're going to the game, be sure to swing by the mafia house, say hello, tell them you heard them here on Hat Stats and stats. And, uh, on behalf of Buffalo Freddy, myself and all my other co-hosts here on Hat Stats and stats. Thanks for tuning in guys. We'll catch you next week. And as always go bills. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here, and Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.